Hello and welcome to the Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green. The Charisma Connection is a podcast that we edit each week with a newsmaker in mind and or anyone that we think a Charisma reader would enjoy listening to and hearing more behind the scenes. We're focused this week on perhaps helping you get started as a writer. What goes on behind the scenes of preparing a document and how we can get you published in a short period of time. Our guest this week is Executive Vice President of our Charisma Book Division, Ms. Tessie DeVore. Just after this break, we're going to get started with a, what I think is an interesting interview about getting that book started. So God bless you. Don't miss a single question of this episode. And we hope you come back often. I want to thank the churchfurniturestore.com for sponsoring today's podcast. The Church Furniture Store offers quality, handcrafted church furniture at the best pricing in America. Church Furniture Store is a global leader in the church furniture industry. Since 1991, they've grown into a multi-million dollar company that provides a lot of church items. Some of those items include pews, church chairs, pulpits, communion tables, carpeting, stained glass, altarware, baptistries, and heaters, and Bibles, Christian books, CD, DVD, media, and other church-related items. It sounds like a one-stop shopping hop for most of you. And they ship free to 48 states. You can visit them at churchfurniturestore.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome back to Charisma Connections. I'm Steve Green. And with me today in the studio is Tessie DeVore, who is our Executive Vice President of our book group. Tessie, welcome to the podcast studio. Thank you. It's great being here. Well, tell me a little bit about what you do every day at Charisma. Well, um, I get asked that so often, and it's hard to explain, but it can range from having great meetings and conversations with uh, potential authors to actually brainstorming about great ideas. And some days are all about just the grunt work of actually how are we going to market this? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? So it's it covers a very large spectrum. So you grew up in the business as a marketer. Your father was a marketer. Tell me a little bit about marketing training at the knee of your father. Oh, wow. That was an interesting experience, to say the least. I tell people that I am an MK, and most people think, oh, she's a missionary's kid. I'm like, no, I'm a marketing kid. Um, my dad, in his era, in his time, had the largest privately owned marketing firm in the Caribbean. He later on sold it to New York once I was in college. So I say that he's one of the original mat men, if you mm-hmm. get the drift. Um, it was always awesome because everything about my life revolved around the marketing and the branding, and we would look at everything. It was impossible for us to walk into a store without my dad analyzing every logo, everything he saw, every ad, every poster, and consequently at the same time, teaching me those things. So it just kind of became natural. And how's that grown over your life now that you don't listen to your father that much (laughs) about marketing? You probably are the leader of marketing lessons. Believe it or not, he's still very much a bouncing board for me, a mentor of sorts. I will say that where I finally got an edge over him was on social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we joke about that. And how do you use social media and book group? Wow. Social media nowadays, not just in the book group, I think in anywhere, it's become such a key part of what we do. It's about getting the message out. It's a grassroots thing. Of course, it's something that has grown super fast and it keeps evolving just as fast. So it's very hard to measure trends. It's very hard to quantify if what you're doing on social media is resulting in actually connecting with the people 
where it translates into a book being sold. So those are the things that we're continually evaluating. Isn't that the million-dollar question? It is the million-dollar question. Does Facebook sell books? Right now it doesn't. <laughs> right. So it does build relationships does. that you hope will lead to the sale of a book. Correct. Have you found a social media that is a go-to medium for selling a book? Not really. I mean, selling the book is still very much about it happens at the bookstore level or it happens online. That's what it comes down to. Obviously, with ebooks, it's always online. So, what leads the person to actually go to a bookstore or to go online to buy a book? That is also the million dollar question because that's always evolving. Well, the media has been very effective over the years in selling books. We go back and where would the book industry be without Oprah? Oh, correct. Correct. Yeah. How many books do you think she sold? Oh, wow. Millions and millions and millions. You know, of course, I remember when she did away with the book club, it, you would think the world was coming to an end. And then she brought it back. And then it was just here we go again kind of thing. But So what's the next great answer for media in selling books and helping authors to get their books known and make people aware of it? I think that a lot of what we're doing is going to continue. In the Christian side of things, TV is still critical. There's still quite a few TV shows, Christian TV shows, that people watch. And if the person on that show is promoting a book, the audience will pay attention. Electronic, and by that I mean digital, whether it's an e-blast, whether it's an ad that pops up in something online, any of those things are also working. So, you know, then you have your traditional, believe it or not, radio is still very critical for book sales. Radio moves the needle. Is it because of a host that pushes it? It's got something good to say about the book? It is a reference person who does a lot of good at promoting the book. Is that what it is? Yes, correct. And I think, too, what happens, at least what's happening in our market, in, and I'm talking about the Christian market, without getting into you know details or, or politics or such, what is happening is that in many cases in TV and in what we consider general media out there, we may not be given the platform that we used to get, or if we are given it, it's a little bit twisted. You know, it's biased, I guess, for lack of better words. So what happens is that then on the radio, you still find the outlet to say the hard things, whether you agree with them or not, but at least you have an outlet there where you can say them. Okay. So again, it's just exposure. Correct. If the right host is talking about the right book with the right audience, you've got a chance to sell it. Correct. Well, let's back up a little bit then, because obviously it's about the message. And you visit with, how many new authors do you talk with in a month? Hundreds. Mm -hmm. Hundreds. And what do you find to be the common question? There's probably one question you get asked every day, or at least your other people in your group get asked. What is it? Uh, you know, it's interesting, because depending on where the potential author is at, the question can range anywhere from, how do I write the book? Or what should I write about? And how do I tackle this thing? You know, and in our circles, again, in the Christian circles, we hear a lot of, well, I believe I'm supposed to write this book, or I believe the Lord's prompted me to write this book. So then they ask us, how do we go about it? So how do you go about it? Let's start, again, all the way back to that first question that I think most people want to know. You've got an aspiring author out there that is spirit-filled, led, mm -hmm. wants to write in that genre. What's the topic that matters most today? What do you maybe put them in order, first, second, and third, in terms of book sales or potential sales from a good author? Right now, we are seeing big trends with anything related to end times. But at the end of the day, I would say the bottom line is that what is selling 
is the books that have a felt need. When a person goes into a bookstore, and by bookstore, just to clarify, it could mean the book section at Walmart, it could be Barnes & Noble, it could be anywhere where you can online. find books. Correct, online. For a person to actually say, I'm going to spend $15, $20 on this book, or $25, it needs to be something that they believe is going to meet a need they have. That's really what it comes down to. And that actually can vary through seasons. It can vary through what is the mood in the country or the world at the time. You know, are we in crisis? Are we not? What is the subject? You know, are people going through tough times? That kind of situation. So do you believe that a felt need drives me to buy a book? Is, is that the driver? Yes. The two main drivers in book sales are either the author if he or she has a big platform, and so then what they actually, you could almost argue they have a brand already. In other words, okay, so-and-so just published their new book. I'm going to buy it, no matter what the subject is, because I love what he writes or I love what she writes. And then like the, Rabbi Khan. Correct, like Jonathan Khan. On the other hand, then you have the ones that it doesn't necessarily matter who the author is at times. It's just that the subject matter grabbed your attention. Going through tough financial time, and I just found this book that helps me with that. That's certainly a felt need. But what percentage, to me, I think it's high, and you know, maybe I'm uninformed. You do this for a living. Mm-hmm. I think I read a lot of books. If I buy books, it's usually because someone told me they've read it, they really liked it, I should read it too. Isn't that a major driver? The word of mouth? Absolutely. We talk about when things reach a tipping point. Those are the parts of social media and some things with media that cannot be quantified just yet, but we know that it helps spread the word. So let's get this author started. Topic-wise, felt need. What are some felt needs that are really strong today, right now in this era? What are some felt needs that people want to read about? Right now, the felt needs, like I said, well, I don't know that we would say the end times is a felt need, but it's definitely a topic that is selling a lot. When it comes to felt needs, there are certain pillars that don't waver. For example, a woman who is also the number one book buyer is the one that is going to be wanting to read anything that has to do with her kids, with her family, anything that is going to help her be a better wife, a better mother. Those are always felt needs. Things about uh, what to do when things get tough are always a felt need. Prayers, things about angels, you know, things about demonic activity, those are things that people are always interested in. A book that, or a subject line, we've had various books with it, that has always been very good for us is anything that has to do with, okay, this is my family, this is the history of my family, and we recently gave our life to the Lord. So what do I do now? How do I set my family on course, in the right course? So those are also things that are very critical, but again, the main theme or the felt need is family-related. You're listening to Charisma Connection. We're visiting with Tessie DeVore who's the executive vice president of the book group at Charisma Media. When we come back from this message, we'll put Tessie on the hot stove and ask her about how to get started as a writer right after this message. The Christian Counseling and Healing Academy provides online programs and courses that teach and train Christian counseling through healing prayer and deliverance by God's Word, the Holy Spirit, Revelation, and really sound practical counsel. This online school allows you to work at your own pace and your own time with affordable payment plans, and really, it's just a great way to begin a ministry in healing. You can register online at www.christiancounselingandhealingacademy.com. That's a long one, but that's the website. Here it is again, 
www.christiancounselingandhealingacademy.com. You can also email them at info at christiancounselingandhealingacademy.com. Welcome back to Charisma Connection. We're visiting with Tessie DeVore. She's the Executive Vice President of the Book Group at Charisma Media. And Tessie, we've been talking about writers and your books, and we've got probably a lot of first-time desiring authors out there who want to write. You know, I always try to tell people writers write. It's amazing how many people ask me about how to get a book published, and I ask them how much they've written, and they tell me I haven't written anything yet, (laughs) but they want to write a book. So get me started, Tessie. I want to write. I've got an idea for a book maybe. Usually, I don't know what you find, but I find authors that when they write a book, they've got the title of the book first. Usually, it doesn't become the title. Correct. What's your experience in that? Oh, that's exactly the case. I mean, it is amazing how there's still so many preconceived ideas that are incorrect when it comes to publishing. For starters, I like to tell people there is a difference between a writer and an author. We use them interchangeably, but it's very different. An author is someone that... When they write, they have a clear thing of what they want to write. They do things. Think of anyone in particular who is an author that you know for a fact their books are going to be on this subject matter. They call the shots. They decide this is what they're going to do. A writer is someone that may actually have never had a book published that has their name on it, but yet they have helped many, many authors get their message out. A writer could do a lot of freelance work. It's about making a living, understand? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's differences between the two. Not every author necessarily may know how to put a book together, but a writer knows how to put the book together. So our job here, or what we believe is part of our calling, is to help these people get those messages out. What is the message? One of the questions I ask a lot of times of potential authors and even existing authors I love to ask them, what is the key message that is burning in your heart right now? And sometimes they look at me puzzled. They're not quite sure. And I say, okay, take a step back and think of the different things you have spoken about in the last year or so. And when you've spoken of those things, what is the one message that resonated the most with people? If you happen to be a pastor or a leader, go and ask If you don't know, go and ask the people in charge of selling your messages or that monitor the downloads of your messages and say, hey, which of my messages in the last 12 to 18 months is the one that uh, most people are asking for? So what does it mean when a book resonates with an author, with a reader? I've heard that said that if your book resonates, it'll sell. How do you define resonates? I think resonating is when it starts all the way back when the person is looking at the book. And whether the title or the cover or what is being communicated calls their attention. And you think, whoa, okay, I need to read this right now because this is going to help me with something I'm going through. That's resonating with the reader. And then if once they get it, they start reading it and they go through it, it changes their lives or impacts their life might be a better way. It makes them want to be a better person. Then they start spreading the word. So that resonates with them. It is something that touched their lives and consequently it impacted who they are. So let's go back to that writer, mm-hmm. first time, sits in front of the keyboard and begins. Now, he's going to remember his composition teacher Correct. from high school, <laughs> and what he remembers more than anything else, or she remembers, is that that teacher said, first, write an outline. That's right. What do you think about that? That's exactly right. One of the things we like to tell people is that don't worry about the title. 
don't worry about what it's going to look like. Your number one priority is to try to identify the message. And that has to be done in conjunction with the publisher, you know, so that we all agree that this is the right message for this time. And then the next step is the outline. What I like to say on that is imagine a book without an outline. It's like a person without a skeleton. That's good. It crumbles. Really good. What holds up a person is your skeleton. Without an outline, the book crumbles. Okay. So the outline is really, truly the first step to get it going. And after that, honestly, the thing, too, that a lot of people, I think, need to remember is that there are editors that that's their entire life is to help them then put that message in writing. Another misconception is that a lot of people think, I cannot send my book in until I have a full manuscript and the manuscript is perfect and in perfect condition. That's not always the case. In many situations, that's what we're here for is to help them build that up and polish that manuscript. So I've got a manuscript that's hot and I really believe in it. How do I go about getting a publisher to be interested? If I came to you, what what are some of the steps that you'll take me through to perhaps offer a contract? What do I have to do to convince you to publish my book? Every publisher is different. Every publisher has their own internal processes is the right way to say it. In our case, somebody calls in, somebody sends us something, and it gets looked at. It gets analyzed. It gets We look at it as something we're needing right now. We look at our complete lineup to figure out if that is something that is critical for us. If we decide it's something we want to do, then we contact the author. We contact the person, the potential author, and we just then start the process of getting to know them. There's different forms they need to fill out. It's not because of anything. It's just a matter of getting to know each other. Okay. How do you make a decision then as the head of this group on whether to publish a book? We have what we call the acquisition committee or acquisition board, and we that sounds intimidating. It can be honestly. It's a it's a group that is comprised of editors, marketers, salespeople, just key people in the company, and we're the ones that look at every proposal that we consider worthy. The main filter first are the editors. They bring us the proposals that they consider are critical for us to look at, and in that board. And in that setting is that we decide what needs to move on and what doesn't. And in many cases, too, we've seen brilliant, brilliant books, brilliant concepts from brilliant people. And we still say no, not because of the merit of the work, but because we realize we will be the wrong fit for that book. And that's very important, at least for me personally, and I always say that to the team, is that it doesn't matter how brilliant the book is. If it's not in our wheelhouses, if it's not our DNA, if it doesn't match what we believe the Lord has called us to publish, then we're doing a disservice to that author by doing that book. Okay, so that author has other alternatives, one of which is to co-publish with you. Correct. Tell me a little bit about, I know you also run our Creation House. Tell me a little bit about how the co-publishing works and why that might be a good option for an author. The co-publishing works brilliantly especially these days where a lot of people are self-publishing, co-publishing. I read yesterday, I think Amazon would have published 2,000 books in just this year. That is growing huge. It is an area where people are basically bypassing 
the publisher in order to just immediately go and do a print in demand. And they sell five copies. And they, Exactly. And that's the problem because uh, they're not, the expectations are not com- being communicated clearly. For us, our co-publishing is an area where the author can get a little bit of the best of both worlds because they are the ones that will be paying for the actual production of the book. They do get to call the shots more. They get to determine more what's going on with the cover or the inside or the interior, everything else like that, because they are the ones paying. And at the same time, they get the benefit of working in tandem with us. We can present the books to our customers. We can help them with marketing somewhat. So there's many things in there that are actually, um, they're beautiful for a potential author because they're, they're not quite comfortable yet in going the traditional route. They want to be a little bit more involved. So they decide to co-publish. So if there's an author out there listening or a wannabe author listening, how would they go about contacting the Charisma House for a discussion of this type? The best thing to do is to go to the website that is www.creationhouse.com. And in there, there is that's a creationhouse.com. section. That's creationhouse.com. And in there, there's a section where they can enter all their information and everything else. Unsolicited manuscripts or unsolicited information always goes in first through that creation house portal. And so that's how we do it. Is there any last minute thoughts you would offer to an author? Any last parting words that you would say as they go back to their computer and type? I would say to be encouraged. If you really believe that there's a message you have to get out, it is not a monumental task. Don't sit in front of that screen and get intimidated. And do not think by any means that what you have to send forth has to be perfect in the same way that God is calling you to write something. God has already called and equipped people that can come alongside of you and help you get that message out. And that's what we're here for. We can help those people do that. Do you recommend that we get off the mind of authors if they're going to make any money? Well, that's a, that's a complete different subject. We would need a complete other show, yeah. show <laughs> to talk about that. But yes. It's, but isn't that the wrong motive, Tessie? It is. It is the wrong motive. Because truth be told is that the percentage of people out there right now that are making a living out of their books is very small. One more time, would you give us that website for an author to contact Absolutely. You? It's www.creationhouse.com. You've been listening to Tessie DeVore, the Executive Vice President of the Book Group at Charisma Media. This has been the Charisma Connection. Thank you for listening. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.